Well, thank you very much for that. Um, as, as Ben said, I'm sure we're going to be expecting a, um, a message series on Justin Bieber. Um, I reckon we could be having maybe something like, you know, going through his discography and like, you know, seeing what theology we can find through his um, stuff. We've also got a series on Royce, apparently, working with Royce. Um, theology of Meeting Room 6 is another one that I felt. Um, and then also cuddling me. But if you do want to cuddle me, come see me after the service. I would always give anyone a hug. Um, but welcome tonight. As um, yeah, you've heard, my name is Toby, and I get to talk about rest. Um, I will come back to some of the stuff that was on the Slido, but yeah, I want to start us off with um, a story. And earlier this year, we had Youth Alive Conference. Yeah, and it was awesome. Um, we had Planet Boom come here, like on stage, like we had 300 young people coming into the building. There was so much happening. We saw um, a lot of young people come to Christ. We saw um, heaps of people connecting with God and praying and worshiping, Father, worshiping the Father, and it was awesome. It was so cool seeing so many young people. And I had the honor of being a part of the team to help organize and create the conference happen and to help make it run and in the lead up and also helping it all kind of come and work together. But this was on top of my regular work week and it also, um, it was huge because I had to do my regular work week of like four days of work, mushed down into two and then the extra few days of conference on top of it. So this was a huge work week for me. I was like working hard, I was like putting all of my effort in because I wanted to do really well in my work but I also really wanted to put the effort into the conference because I really believe in what Youth Alive have to say and also what God was going to do with us there. But I had a bit of forethought with this, and so I also had planned a holiday for the weeks after Youth Alive so that I could put all of my effort into working and putting all of this effort into Youth Alive and then coming out afterwards to have a time of break and resting. And in that kind of span of two weeks there, it was a very wild contrast between what those two weeks held. So come along with me as this. So at Youth Alive, I was sleeping in the same room as 20 other young guys. So got as much sleep as you'd expect, um, and the room smelled like deodorant all the time. It was like Lynx was just like sponsored that room of that day. Um, having dinner, we were in one of the rooms here at Door of Hope because we got to have Youth Alive here, and in that room there was 300 young people all eating and having a good chat and being a community, and it was great. And also, we were coming into here in the main auditorium to do our worship and praising God all day for three days. We also had, as I said, Planet Boom here, and they went so hard that the walls were shaking that things fell off. And that's a great story for another time, but that was my week. And then contrast to the next week on my holiday, I got to sleep in a double bed and with no one else there, and it was so peaceful. It was a luxury for me. And then I also got to just go out for dinner and just not have to worry about having to chat with anyone else besides the people who were with me there and I could just go for a walk whenever and the walls weren't shaking with stuff. So there was a big contrast between my two weeks there but I wasn't able to fully enjoy my break and my resting and my holiday until I had worked so hard in that week. I had put all of my effort and all of my work and all of my commitment into making this conference and making this week happen so well that when I got to my holiday, I could truly rest. And that's what I want to chat with you guys about tonight. I want to chat about rest. And you may have seen it online or heard earlier in the sermon about how I want to be talking about rest. And 
I want to give us an invitation tonight to understand what rest looks like, how we can rest, and where it's come from, and what we can do out of that. And so I think a good place to start is to go right back to the beginning to where rest came from. And so my first point for tonight is that God created rest. Now, this might not be a new concept to you guys, and you might be like, well, duh, God created everything, so he created rest. But God created rest, and really think about it. He created rest. It wasn't a byproduct of what we were doing. It wasn't a byproduct of the fall or anything like that. This was an intentional part of God's intended plan for his creation. And we read in Genesis 2, verses 1 to 2, Thus the heavens and the earth were completed in their vast array. By the seventh day, God had finished his work he had been doing. So the seventh day he rested from all of his work. Then God blessed the seventh day and made it holy. Because he rested from all his work he created that he had done. God blessed the seventh day. Not only because it was the completion of creation, but because of its unique and special function to rest. As a kid, I believe that God, on the seventh day, he created the whole world, and then on the seventh day, he's like, right, that's all good. I'm just going to go take a nap. I'm going to go rest. And then he'd jump out of the creation, went back up to heaven, put on his favorite pair of um, sweatpants and his favorite hoodie, and then he just like lied down on his like, God-sized bed and was just like blankly staring at the ceiling. Um, I honestly believe this. Or like he was just like twiddling his thumb, being like, well, that was fun. Uh, I guess we'll see what happens. Or maybe he took a nap. But the more I read and the more I think about um, creation and about God and the more I read, I wonder if God spent his seventh day wandering through creation. Because as we read further in Genesis, then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And they hid from the Lord God among the trees in the garden. So we can see here that God walked through the garden. He spent time in his creation. So it's not far, to, far of a stretch to say that it would have been easy for God on the seventh day to say, this is good, and then to go and walk through his creation and spend time in his creation enjoying the goodness that he had made. You know, he had made this really good, and he said it was good. So he could have enjoyed it and spent time that way resting, just enjoying everything that he had made around him. If we move further along in the Bible, I think if we were to look into the Bible, we would see many different opportunities to rest, and the Bible has many different things to say about it. And if we move further along, we get meet with God's children, the Israelites, and what God had to say for them surrounding rest. And so we pick up with Moses talking to God on Mount Sinai and receiving the Ten Commandments, and we read in Exodus 20, "'Remember the Sabbath, seventh day, and to keep it holy.'" Set apart, dedicated to God. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath, a day of rest dedicated to the Lord your God. On that day you shall not do any work, you or your son or your daughter or your male servant or your female servant or or your livestock or any temporary resident or foreigners who stay within your city gates. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth and the seas and everything that is within them, and he rested, he ceased on the seventh day. That is, the Lord blessed the seventh day and he made it holy. That is, set apart for his purposes. God desired his people to rest on this seventh day. A few things in this verse. God designed it for this six to one ratio. As we read, for six days you shall labor and work, and on the seventh day you shall rest. Not to work, not to keep hustling, not to keep pushing through, not to keep being busy, but to rest, to stop and to cease. We... And although we don't have this six-to-one ratio 
in our modern society in the 21st century here. We've got weekends for a reason. But our work and working for six days is larger than just our vocation. It doesn't mean hard labour of pushing hard, you know, carrying stones up and that kind of thing. It's a whole range of different things. And working for these six days includes things like your vocation, your job, includes your study and your education. It includes helping out with your family and friends with jobs around the house. It even counts as worshipping and coming and volunteering here at church or in another community group. There are many different ways that we can work for God. But ultimately, this kind of work and the six-to-one ratio is to work for God and committed to what he has for you to do. And we can see that he intended that for his Israelites as well too. And we read also in Exodus 31 later on, the Israelites are to observe the Sabbath, celebrating it for all the generations to come as a lasting covenant. It will be a sign between me and the Israelites forever, for in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, and the seventh day he rested and was refreshed. The Sabbath was a command for his children, for the Israelites, to keep them as a lasting covenant. It was for them to take time each week and to have a rest and a break. And it was there for multiple reasons. He wanted them to stop and to rest and to recharge, but he also wanted them to spend time in community and spend time with God. God rested and recharged with his creation, and he had a community around him, his own children, that he could also spend time with them as well too. And so he made an opportunity for them to spend time in community with one another without the need of um, working or cooking or cleaning or any of those things, but that they could just spend time with one another and just enjoy each other's community. I can imagine the Israelite kids coming together and playing a game of soccer or cricket or basketball on the Sabbath day after helping out at working, or I can imagine a couple of the Israelites coming together to chat about their week over their equivalent of a cup of coffee in their equivalent of a cafe in their little tented community there. I can imagine them just going in there, and I wonder if that's how they would have spent their Sabbath days, just enjoying time with one another and inviting God into those conversations and that time together and just spent it with one another intentionally in community. To speed up history for you guys and to speed up what the Bible says, the Israelites did a pretty average job at keeping this rule of keep the Sabbath. Although God asked them to keep the Sabbath, they, it's pretty easy to say that they, they didn't keep the Sabbath and therefore things happened in regards to that. And there are many different reasons why the Israelites didn't keep the Sabbath. Um, they were sometimes they were at war and so it's very hard to say, no, sorry, I've got to take a day off when the enemy's trying to shoot at you and that kind of thing. Or um, there are times when they were just generally rebellious from God and they were just like, no, we know better and so we're not going to take it on. And other times they were under slave rule and so therefore, again, you can't stop when someone is making you do your work. But throughout it all, they did a pretty bad job at keeping this rule and keeping the Sabbath. And there are different verses throughout the Old Testament of Psalms and other verses in the prophets that talk about resting and how a lot of the prophets were encouraging the people to once again rest, but I'll get to that maybe later on. But all of this was to say that they did a pretty average job and twisted this opportunity to rest, to take a break and to recharge and turned it into a place that had a lot of rules and regulations and things and it was really twisted and manipulated. So that's kind of all the way up to the Old Testament. So now we get to the New Testament and to Jesus. And Jesus talked quite a bit about the Sabbath and about the rest during his ministry. And he got in trouble many times with the Pharisees for resting in ways that didn't obey these rules and these regulations. And they made it all about these rules of what you were to do and what you weren't allowed to do. 
But like many of the Old Testament laws, or all of the Old Testament laws, Jesus fulfilled them. He fulfilled the requirements of the Sabbath, so therefore that we don't have to take on all of these ever-growing lists of things that we're allowed and not allowed to do. And we pick up in the Gospel of Mark. Then he said to them, The Sabbath was for man, not man for the Sabbath. The Son of, the Son of Man is Lord, even on the Sabbath. The Sabbath here also means rest, and Sabbath means rest in its original tongue. And we can say it as the rest was made for man, not man made for rest. God wanted the Sabbath for us. This rest was made because God wants us to enjoy time off and time to relax in a working environment that God has created us to live in in our working lives. Now, I want to put a pin in this for a moment because I just want to say and clarify something that this isn't an invitation for us to give up all of our responsibilities. It's not for us to say no to someone when someone asks us to help out because, sorry, I'm taking a Sabbath or I'm resting. This isn't what I'm intending this message to be about. Steve shared an amazing message earlier this year in our Building a Theology series, which I highly recommend you watch, talking about work. And he shared its importance of the God power that can be behind our work. And he shared how work is a gift from God, and when we align our work with his, we can glorify him, we get to serve others, we get to contribute to this fragile and uncertain world, and we get to produce wealth. All these are important as being God's children, that we get to follow our creator and our master in following him by also working. As we see, God worked for six days and then took one day off building creation. Jesus worked hard in his ministry and then took time to rest that I will move on to soon. But we get to follow him in that. So please hear me when I'm saying this, that rest is important, but so is working. And I don't want it to be twisted or taken out of context. I don't want you to leave here tonight being like, well, the speaker said that I can rest and I've got to do it and it's important, so therefore I'm saying no to everything. Like, no, there's, there's a really important part to both being at work and both resting as well too. So I want you to know that we can work well and be committed to what God has called us to do and also then we can know and we can take time to rest and know that we can rest effectively because we have worked hard for God. Thank you. Now back to Jesus. Um, Jesus often invited those around him to come and withdraw with him. While Jesus was in the midst of his ministry and traveling around, he invited his followers. The apostles gathered around Jesus, reported to him all that they had done and taught. We can see here that the apostles were working really hard. Then, because so many people were coming and going that they didn't even have a chance to eat, that's how hard they were working, he said to them, come with me by yourselves to a quiet place to get some rest. So they went away by themselves in a boat to a solitary place. Jesus understood the importance of rest, and he knew that life was going to be really intense working for God in this way. So he knew that it needed intentional time with his community, his small group, to come away come with him by themselves to a place and get some rest. So Jesus withdrew with the 12 and they removed themselves from the overwhelming sense of work that they had to do. They worked hard, but they also knew it was going to be hard work, so then they went and rested as well too. And we have many examples of Jesus napping and sleeping and withdrawing and taking time away from these crowds to get some rest so that he could continue with his mission. And we read in Matthew 8, then he got into the boat with his disciples and followed him. Suddenly a furious storm came up on the lake and the waves swept over the boat. But Jesus was sleeping. The disciples went and woke him saying, Lord, save us, we're going to drown. He replied, you have little faith, why are you so afraid? Then he got up, rebuked the winds and the waves and, and was completely calm. Then the men were amazed and asked, what kind of man is this? Even the winds and the waves obey him. 
During this time, we can see that Jesus intentionally took time to rest and to sleep in that moment. He was hard at work in his ministry at this point, healing people, going around sharing the gospel. He was preaching to different people. He was raising people from the dead. He was in the midst of his hard work, committed to what his father had called him to do. But we can see that he took an, an intentional time to sleep in this moment. We can see that it was an intentional choice for Jesus in this moment because he was on a boat in a storm asleep. And I want some crowd interaction with you guys. Hands up if you've been on the spirit of Tasmania before. Hands up if you've been on it when you've done a night sail and it's been a bit stormy. Yeah. You know how hard it is to fall asleep on the spirit of Tassie when it's stormy. Like, it's not an easy thing to do at all. Like, you know, maybe you might need to, like, pop a seasickness pill or, you know, try to get something to just sort of, like, chill yourself out a bit, have a chamomile tea or something, or just, like, not even try to think about it. But then you think of the size of the boat that um, Jesus would have been on compared to the size of the spirit of Tasmania, and if the winds and the waves were scaring the disciples, you could see that either two things, that Jesus was exhausted and had to sleep, but also that he chose that moment to fall asleep because he knew that he was going to have to work hard after, afterwards when he got to the other side of the shore. So we can see that this was really intentional for Jesus to take this time to sleep and to rest because it wouldn't have been an easy place to do it, but he knew that he had to in that moment. When we work our hardest and we're committed to what God has called us to do, and we have, when we do things with the passion and purpose that he's called us with, then we know that we are required to rest, rest, rest sorry, in the same and recharge with the same heart. And that's where the message is coming from, that when we work our hardest and we put all of our effort into what God has called us to do in our working week, that we can also then put all of our effort into rest and know that God will recharge us. Be committed to what God has called you. This message isn't about giving up your responsibilities, as I said, to what, just for the sake of rest. But it's to, when you don't feel like it, but it's to make sure that we keep up with the passion of what God has called us to. And God has called you to some sort of work environment right now. I might not know every single one of you, but I know that he's called you to work in something right now. Whether it could be your work or your jobs, it could be some sort of vocation, or it could be your study or education. Or it might even be something like volunteering or helping out in different groups. But these are all ways that we can work with God. And when we work hard and we focus on what God has called us to do, that we are also able then to give to God our time of rest as well too. And we know that Jesus fulfilled the Sabbath. He said that he was Lord and Lord of the Sabbath. So he fulfilled all the laws and requirements so that we don't have to go through the Old Testament and keep every single one of these rules that were put in place. And Maybe you might be thinking, well, I'm too young to work, so I can't do it. Or maybe I just work for school some days of the week. Or maybe it might be, I might have health issues and I'm unable to be able to work for that amount of time. But that's okay. It's about being committed to what God's called you to. Work looks different for everyone. Your study is working. Your work jobs, your vocation is work. Helping out one another is working. And serving in church is also working. So find what you can do and what God has called you to do to be committed to that. In our modern world and in our culture, we have a culture of being busy. I mean, even on the Slido um, charts tonight, like just hearing like, you know, that was the big word in the middle of our different dot points. It was, how has your week been? Oh, busy. I mean, even on Friday on a youth night, um, I was asking some different people, oh, how's your week been? And oh, busy. And then they walked off. And that was their whole response. And it's like we wear this badge of pride when we say that we're busy. 
as if we're better than everyone because we have been working so hard or we've been hustling. But just because we're busy, that doesn't mean it's good. And we can be good busy and being productive, but when, you, but when we spend time and you think about it, if you're just being busy and you have no time off, that doesn't make you better than everyone because you're not living in God's divine nature of the rhythm that he has applied for our lives. God worked for six days and rested one day. Jesus took time to rest. He asked his children to rest and keep it holy, to keep the Sabbath day and to have it for all generations. God's designed us and desires us to spend time resting appropriately and in, in this rhythm of the one to six ratio. But that doesn't, and we are bombarded in, on social media and with different people saying you've got to hustle hard, no days off, and you've got to get this bread and all of those sorts of things about like, you've just got to keep going, you've got to keep pushing, you've got to keep striving. You know, like, oh, when I was in high school, my friends were off on holidays and I was here building my company and now we're worth this much money. All of these sorts of things. Like, that's not what God designed us for. That, yes, it's nice that we can build and grow and all of these things, but it's not what God has originally intended for all of us to do. And that's, rest doesn't make you weak. If you have to take a break and you've worked hard and you need rest, it doesn't mean you're not good enough. It doesn't mean you're not worth it. Rest is important. It's an important part of our week. It's an important part of God's creation. One of my favorite bands have a song appropriately called Rest. And the main hook of the song says, living busy isn't giving you your worth. And I want to say that again because it's really profound. Living busy isn't giving you your worth. A large chunk of this message or the inspiration for this message came from listening to this song and my own feeling of conviction from this, of how much I was pushing hard and how much I was actually giving to the different areas of my life, to my work, to my relationships, to everything, and understanding, am I actually receiving rest? And even for myself, when I'm in preparation for this, I want to practice what I preach, so I'm trying to implement different parts of my message and put it in. But I know that it's really hard to find rest sometimes in this modern world when just things won't stop. Even when you just want a moment, I know how hard it is because it's so easy to be filled up and be busy. But we can, we can find rest and we can ask God for rest. And he says in Matthew 11, Come to me, all who are wearied and burdened, and I will give you rest. And if you don't know what God has asked of you to do for your work, I suggest you look into it, to pray about it, to ask a friend or a leader or mentor around you for what they see in you. Write a list of what sort of workings you're doing and actually put to paper how much you've done. I did this recently and it was kind of insane to see how much I was doing in one week and then strategically picking what I could pull back because rest is so important. Work is important too, yes, but... Sometimes I feel like we can either be so focused on one that we miss the other. And this is my invitation for you all tonight. And I want to invite the band up as I begin to wrap up this message. As we find a way of committing to God what he has for all of us, and we're passionately going on for what he has called us to do, and once we have given our all to God in our weeks and we have worked for him and dedicated it to him, that we are then able to also rest well and understand that this rest doesn't make us weak, doesn't pull us back, but actually enhances us and fills us up. And there are many different ways we can rest, and I want to end with a couple of applicable actions that you could take to rest well. And this could be intentionally through actually just sleeping and taking a nap like Jesus did. Maybe it could be through 
spending time in prayer or in worship or reading devotionals or reading your Bible and spending time with God in that way. That can be a really resting way. But a lot of times it can feel like another task on the list or another thing to add on to it. So I want to share a few different ways. And I've kind of covered in this message about a few different ways that we're able to rest that might have been a bit different. As mentioned before, we know that God spent time in his creation amongst it. And he enjoyed the time that he spent. But we can also spend time outdoors and enjoying creation. You can go to your favorite park, you can go for a hike, you could go to the beach or to the river. Like we were saying, dream destinations, and there are a few different places up there, or how do you relax and going biking in all these different areas as well too. But all these different ways, we can see that we can spend time in nature. A great way, if you haven't done this before, I highly recommend, this is a personal one for me that I can rest well, and I always get recharged when I go for a walk down to my local river. If you haven't done it before, why not bring your Bible along as well and read Genesis 1 and 2, read the creation story, and then see what you can see and feel applied to what God has in store. And just let your senses feel, what, is there a breeze? Can you feel the warmth? What do you hear? Do you hear the animals? Do you hear and feel different things? Like, what can you see? What can you feel? Other ways that you can do this is through spending time in your community, intentionally with your community, like the Israelites would have done when God designed rest and Sabbath for them. This way you can do it in many different ways as well too. You can spend time with your family and your friends. God created us for community, and so he also want us to rest in that community as well too. We can spend time with one another through catching up for coffee or going out for lunch, or God bless you if you're able to wake up early enough to go out for breakfast, like, and catch up with your friends in that way. Or you could have a barbecue or have a dinner out or spend time with your family and invite others around too in your community to just join with one another. Or maybe you could just spend some time lounging down on your couch and spending it binging Netflix or playing some games with some mates. And if that's how you rest, as long as it's an intentional time for you guys to rest in that moment and you invite God in, that it can be a really restful and recharging factor. Another way that you can rest is by withdrawing yourself from the busyness, from the noise, and from everything and the overwhelming life that we have with a few of your close ones, and just spending time intentionally checking in with one another, and just spending time resting and catching up with them, like Jesus did with the Twelve when he was in amongst his ministry. Now, these are just a few of the separate different ways that we were able to rest and recharge in our modern world and I have a few other ideas and other things that I can say so if you'd like to hear more about it or you'd like some prayer afterwards I'll be down the front if you would like to have a chat but I really believe that rest is important I 100 believe 100% believe as well too that we are it's important to work hard and be committed to what God has called you to because that coming from a place of working hard and working for God then we can really receive this rest so thank you for listening and I just want to pray to close out my message Dear Lord, I thank you that you have created us. I thank you that you have created work for us to do and that we are able to be a part of your kingdom and build your kingdom here, Lord. Father, I just pray that we thank you also, Lord, for your rest. Thank you, God, that you have given us the opportunity to rest, that you have invited us, Lord, into your presence, that you have said, come to me all who are wearied and burdened, and I will give you rest. And Father, I just pray that you will be with us all, Help us, Lord, this week to take something away, Lord, to um, bring in this opportunity to rest, Lord, in our week. Father, I pray that you will help us to know, God, what you've called us to and what you're intentionally wanting us to do, Lord, in our work week so that we can give it over to you and that we can give you our rest 
and feel recharged and nourished, Lord, and refreshed wholly, Lord, in you. Thank you, Lord, for everyone here, and I pray that it can be really beneficial for you, Father. I pray for your love and for your blessing over us all tonight, Jesus. I thank you, God, for everything you've done and for who you are, and we thank you that we can continue to work with you, Jesus. In your mighty name, Father, I bring all of this before you. In your name, Lord. Amen. Thank you.